It's 11.30 at KRVN, the 23rd day of November. A little bit cloudy one, but that's all right. More seasonal-like temperatures on the way this week. We got spoiled last week. Can't always have the great temperatures that we had in the last seven days. Tyler Cavalli along with you. We'll hear from Jason Jorgensen and sports. Dave Schroeder is in, as always. Well, I should say the last couple of days. I have, yes. Not sure as always, but... Special uh, guest appearance. <laughs> that's right. He will uh, step in for Bob Brogan, and uh, we'll get a preview of the business report. But also stepping in and pinch hitting is Shaley Peters. And Shaley, what do you have for us uh, for this upcoming midday? Well, good morning. And, yep, I'll be covering for Susan the next couple of days. As far as a Monday mid- midday from the farm team, Alex will kick things off at 12.19. Um, a new seed brand has come out from Corteva AgriScience. They launched it in May, so it's completed its first growing season. And Alex is going to visit area manager Aaron Johnson, talking about that first growing season, some of the things uh, that they they saw with their new seed brand. Um, then we, at 1245, so the Nebraskan show, which was uh, set to take place in January, to kind of uh, take place in place of the... Uh, the National Western Stock Show has been canceled. That announcement came last week, and then the board had their state fair board had their meeting on Friday. We get comments from Executive Director for the Nebraska State Fair Board, Bill Ogg, on that. And then at one seventeen, and we've had this feature running here for a few weeks now. It's our Monday morning markets. Bryce uh, catches up and recaps what he discussed with Jeff Peterson of Heartland Farm Partners. They talk about the rallying corn and soybeans, and then, of course, South American crop condition. We'll get an update on that. So a pretty jam-packed informational midday coming to you from the farm team. All right. Thank you very much. We surely appreciate that, Shaley. Let's turn it over to sports. And Jason, and, well, the Husker football team, they struggled yet again. Yeah, they did, and they'll have some sobering numbers for you coming up in sports. Now, I don't bring up these numbers to... You know, make any comments or editorial uh, thoughts on what the coaching situation should be. It's just to uh, show where Husker football is at right now. Put it into perspective. <laughs> it's it's tough. Uh, it is tough. I really thought last week I didn't get that line at all when Nebraska opened up a fourteen point favorite over Illinois. I'm thinking to myself, no. I mean that that didn't make any sense, and you could tell. From the opening play that Nebraska was not prepared, and that was going to be a long day against Illinois. There's a couple of questionable calls in the, in the first couple of plays, but let's be honest, you can't let that derail the entire game. So. No, and I saw a lot of people complaining about that, and, and they messed up on the yeah, call, right. but still. Or non-call. Uh, one, why are you running that play? Mm-hmm. And and two, that wasn't the game. They have bigger issues than that. Credit Illinois. They looked at the tape and saw exactly what Penn State had done and showed up and did the same thing. So, uh yeah, folks can chew on that. Also, speaking of football, I know a guy you and I both dealt with, uh, Tony Harper, uh, let go as head coach mm-hmm. at Hastings College. He'd been there with that program for 15 years. Yeah, interesting call there. I'll be interested to learn more about that. Uh, let's turn over to Dave Schroeder and stocks. They seem to be rallying just a little bit. Yes, the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 192 points right now. The S&P up 7.75 NASDAQ is uh, holding steady right now. Uh, That's due to the encouraging news on the COVID-19 vaccines and treatments that have come out in the past couple of days. AstraZeneca is the latest drug developer to report surprisingly good results from vaccine studies. Advent calendars? Who wants to wait until December? 
across the FM's already started the countdown to Christmas. Listening to Christmas music just puts you in a good mood. We're unboxing great holiday music, which will play every day. Long after you've opened every door and eaten all the chocolate. In Kearney at 106.9 or at 93.1 HD2 or at krvn.com. Frosty FM. 11.44 here at KRVN. It's time for the week's first look at regional ag weather. Paul Perkins has now stepped in. and Well, Paul, depending which side of the state you're on, you could see rain, maybe a little snow, or you could be seeing sunshine. Yeah, lots of sunshine out in the Nebraska Panhandle. And a lot of it's a very distinct clearing line if you look at the satellite photo along and west of a line from about Ainsworth to the Thetford area to North Platte, McCook, and then Colby and Garden City. To the west of that line, a lot of sunshine, but the cloud cover pretty thick as you head to the east of that. So much of central and eastern Nebraska and central and east Kansas in a lot of cloud cover. And the rain continues to move east through eastern Nebraska. That rain right now, the trailing edge of it from about West Point to Fremont to Lincoln and Beatrice down to Marysville, Kansas, maybe a little more scattered activity towards Concordia. That rain moving off towards the east. Now, I guess there's also a, what, 20-degree temperature difference from the eastern side of the state to the western side. And obviously, when you have sunshine, that makes a big difference. Exactly, yeah. And, of course, uh, yeah, temperatures, uh, actually, some big differences in temperatures in the Nebraska Panhandle with the Lions sitting at 45, but Kimball sitting at 58 mm. degrees. Mm. But, yeah, temperatures into the upper 30s and much of eastern Nebraska. Most of us right now with readings on it to the low to mid-40s. But where we're seeing some sunshine, some low 50s from northwest Kansas into northeast Colorado. Winds going to continue to be gusty as well? Yeah, pretty strong system moving in, and also some welcome rain with this system. It looks like everybody going to see a good chance of some good soaking rains with this system. We'll continue to see those clouds and southeast winds increase for today ahead of this approaching strong area of low pressure. Temperatures for today mostly seasonal. There's a chance of some more rain this afternoon, but rain chances increase really for tonight. The bulk of this mainly rain event arrives for tomorrow and starts to wind down for tomorrow evening. Some thunderstorms will be possible tonight into tomorrow. On the backside of this storm system, we could see some snow mixed in, but nothing that too, should be too drastic as far as any uh, storm totals go or travel problems. Accumulations could range about one to three inches from west central Nebraska into northwest Kansas. The bulk of that snow probably falling towards west central Nebraska late in the day tomorrow. Otherwise, expecting little or no accumulation of snow with the system. The big news is some nice rain totals. Rain totals likely to range a half an inch to an inch. Now, Wednesday through Saturday will be dry with seasonal to slightly above average temperatures. So, overall, pretty good weather pattern here. Some much-needed rain, and then we dry up for Thanksgiving travel. Something to watch late in the holiday weekend, so you do definitely want to keep uh, attention to the weather. Some rain or snow could be possible with some cooler temperatures by Saturday night into Sunday, but there's still a fair amount of forecast bundle uncertainty with that system. In our long-term forecast, warmer than normal temperatures are likely for Nebraska, Kansas, and the north-central U.S. this weekend through the first six days of next month. So continued mild on the temperatures, just not as mild as last week. It will stay mainly dry with below normal precipitation, very likely for this weekend through December 6th for Nebraska, Kansas, and the central and western U.S. Key weather factors impacting the markets include stressful heat and dryness in central Brazil and possible rain for Argentina. Here in the U.S., the weather pattern will feature generally mild conditions, 
And a series of fast-moving storm systems tomorrow and continuing through midweek. Rain will spread across the Mid-South, Midwest, and Northeast with more than an inch possible in many locations. Now, Thanksgiving Day, though, should feature mild dry weather across most of the U.S. Wheat areas of the southwestern plains will have light precipitation this week. The drought issues forecast to continue through the winter months. Only the eastern southern plains expects significant precipitation, which is a lower production area. Central Brazil will be hot and dry this week, a pattern very stressful to developing soybeans and corn. Precipitation in the past 60 days in central Brazil, 50 to 80 percent below average. The concern is likely to remain high in trade thoughts as Brazil crops go further into the growth and development cycle. Argentina expects light to locally moderate rain through the next seven days. Coverage indicated over most all of the central crop areas of Argentina, a rain chance that will be closely watched. So what I'm understanding is enjoy, or I should say at least soak up, the precipitation that we're seeing here today and possibly tomorrow, maybe even Wednesday, because after that, it's going to be a while. Yeah, not too promising in that extended forecast, 6 to 14 days. So hopefully we do get some decent amounts of rain. And luckily it's falling as some rain. And don't be surprised tonight into tomorrow if you are awoken, awakened by some rumbles of thunder. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, I know it's been dry out there, so we definitely need the, the precipitation where we can take it and when we can certainly take it. Uh, for a full weather forecast for this week, where can you find that at? Weather page, krbn.com. Thank you very much, Paul. Today we're learning more about Bravant Seed that was just launched in May, and we're talking with Aaron Johnson. He's the Area Business Development Manager for the company. Aaron, thanks so much for being with us. Tell us a little bit more about this launch. So, no, absolutely. So, yeah, Bravant Seeds is uh, the newest brand of corn and soybeans. Um, We're able to uh, launch here, go live back in May, brought to you by Corteva AgriScience. So um, what's unique about Bravant within Corteva is – we are focused 100% strictly exclusive um, to retail here in the Midwest and Eastern Corn Belt. So um, bringing a bold new look, a, a bold new brand in our corn and portfolio, Germplasm, the world's largest that Corteva AgriSciences has, um, brought to our retail partners to focus with their growers and with their customers throughout the Midwest. And it is unique in that aspect where you're just targeting you know, certain regions. So what exactly is that going to bring to producers across Nebraska? No, absolutely. So, you know, when, when we think uh, being 100% focused um, on ag retail, it really it really puts our ag retail partners in a unique position to have that germplasm, have that portfolio that Corteva AgriSciences um, can have within, you know, within their offerings. So, you know, we feel that uh, that retailers have been working with these growers for a number of years, in some cases generations, um, have a very good understanding of their needs. Um, what they have for their acres from a fertility and weed management and product placement. So um, great partnership that we have with Ag Retail to continue to go out to uh, to their customers, to their growers. As we look into 2021, what are some things that you guys are going to be focusing on? So when we look, uh, you know, wrapping up here 2020 with uh, with some of the yield results and plots and in performance that we have, you know, it's it really is all around our performance that we're seeing. So um, you know, from, from different types of geographies, different type of yield environments, corn and soybeans, um, having the opportunity to take these new products to growers. So, you know, on the corn side of things, uh, coming off a great year with our chrome technology for above, above and below ground um, insect protection, as well as power corn smart stacks. Um, and with our soybean, I'm really focusing on our Enlist E3. So had the opportunity to kind of launch that full steam last year. 
um, saw great, great performance, consistent performance um, that we had with our E3 products, um, all while having that enlist weed control system, uh, giving growers and retailers peace of mind to having that weed control system to, to help control a lot of those um, tough to control weeds out there. We're visiting with Aaron Johnson. He is the Area Business Development Manager for Bravant Seed. Aaron, because this is such a new brand, uh, where do producers need to go to find more information? No, absolutely. So, you know, we, we are open for business. We, uh, we have hit the ground running here since our launch here in May. Um, I just recommend or ask growers to go to Bravant.com, B-R-E-V-A-N-T. Um, from there, you can find your closest local ag retailer that has the, the Bravant offering, um, as well as be able to look at a, a lot of our high-performing products and high-performing yields that we've had uh, coming out of, out of the field here in this, this past season. All right, awesome information. What is important that we missed? Um, you know, I guess I would just uh, ask the growers if they are interested in the, in the the brand, the most you know brand new brand out there from corn and soybeans, brought to you uh, by Corteva AgriScience. You know, U.S. U.S. based um, inputs company. Just to visit your local ag retail to learn more. All right, thanks so much for being with us today. That again is Aaron Johnson. He is the Area Business Development Manager for Bravant Seed. Broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network. It's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, Tony Harper is out as head football coach at Hastings College. He'd been the head coach of the Broncos since 2011. Hastings College completed a 2-7 and season on Saturday, losing big to Morningside. Harper compiled a record of 44-58 and as head coach. The Broncos' last winning season was in 2014 when they went 6-4. and Nebraska has been installed as an early 14-point underdog at Iowa on Friday. Here are some numbers to think about when it comes to Husker football. Since Mike Riley's 7-0 start in 2016, Nebraska's gone 16-30 and since, and in that stretch, Nebraska's given up 40 or more points 13 times and over 35 points 21 times. After a slow start of the year, Iowa's now won three in a row, and the Hawkeyes have also beaten Nebraska three straight. Kickoff on Friday is set for noon. We'll bring you the game right here on 880-KRVN. Big 12 and its television partners announced today that the kickoff and television designation for K-State's regular season finale, a home contest against Texas on December 5th, that will be announced this upcoming Sunday. Of course, the Wildcats coming off a tough loss, 45 nothing over the weekend to Iowa State. Patrick Mahomes threw a 22-yard touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey with 28 seconds to play as the Chiefs avenge their only loss in the last 12 months rallying for a 35-31 win over Las Vegas. Mahomes passed for 348 yards and led two go-ahead scoring drives in the fourth quarter. Well, Cincinnati Bengals franchise quarterback Joe Burrow tweeted, thanks for all the love, can't get rid of me that easy, see you next year. He tweeted that after he was carted off the field early on in the third quarter of the Bengals' 20-9 loss at Washington. Burrow was hit high and low while attempting a pass. He couldn't put any weight on that leg as he was helped onto a cart. It's expected that he'll have to have major major surgery to repair that knee. And Nebraska's men's basketball schedule for later on this week continues to be in.
in flux. Now, the Huskers are still scheduled to play McNeese State on Wednesday morning, but it looks like the Golden Window Tournament has fallen through as many of the teams that were scheduled to play in Lincoln have backed out. And you no longer list games with St. Louis on Thanksgiving and San Francisco on Friday on their schedule at Huskers.com. That is a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Time for midday news. Ellen Simmons has stepped in. And Ellen, how was the weekend? It was good. It was eventful. That's for sure. A good eventful? Yes. Or? Okay. Uh, right. My husband finally shot a deer after eight years. Eight years? Yeah. He wow. just talks himself out of it every season. Well, congratulations to yes. your husband. And you were carving it up yourself, right? Yeah. Him and his friend were carving it up. And, All right. And then his buddy had a grinder and it chewed right through it. So it oh. took three hours of cutting up the deer to 10 minutes of grinding it <laughs> mm, that's how it usually goes uh jerky sticks uh sausage what are you doing with it we don't know yet okay i just right. gotta figure out how to cook with it first <laughs> it is I, have you never cooked with deer nope okay. never it is interesting so. you'll probably want to have a different kind of meat in there as well yeah. unless you like gamies i heard i i heard that putting pork butt mm-hmm. in with it mm-hmm. is the best okay i haven't done that i usually we'll do ground see. beef so just, I'm sure our listeners oh, yeah. have other ideas as Probably. well to help out. Uh, milk? You, milk? I've heard that. Aaron was saying something about oats, mm-hmm. my husband. Yeah. So. I think if you, they're <laughs> I saying know. if you pack it with milk or something with milk, somebody will call in later, I'm sure of it. Please. And will let us know. Give so. us some recipes. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, uh, what do we have for news on this Monday? Well, members of the Nebraska State Board of Canvassers will be at the state capitol on Monday, November 30th, to certify results of the November 3rd statewide general election. The board consists of all state constitutional officers, except the lieutenant governor, Governor Pete Ricketts, will serve as chairman. On county canvassing boards have met and certified, excuse me, once county canvassing boards have met and certified their results, local election officials will submit the certified results of the local, state, and federal races to the Secretary of State's office. Results will be compiled and presented to the State Board of Canvassers for final approval. Only results are offices filed through the Secretary of State are included in that report. If any final certified results of the race fall within the parameters of an automatic recount, the board will order that a recount be carried out starting at 9 a.m. on December 2nd. Nebraska reported one of the smallest numbers of new virus cases this month on Sunday, but the number of people hospitalized with the virus remained high and continues to strain hospital capacity in the state. The state reported 1,032 new virus cases Sunday. That was less than half of the seven-day rolling average of daily new cases in the state, which was 2,313.57. Nebraska said 976 people were being treated for COVID-19 in the state's hospitals, so 23% of the state's hospital beds are occupied by COVID-19 patients, which is approaching the threshold of 25% that will trigger more social distancing restrictions from the state. In other news, for the Two Rivers Public Health Department, 76 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in the seven-county region it serves for Sunday, November 22nd. Please check the Two Rivers website for more detailed information for their citizens on current COVID-19. The new confirmed cases for Sunday include Buffalo County 48, Dawson County 15, Franklin County 2, Harlan County 6, Kearney County 1, Phelps County 4.
A new report from researchers at the University of Nebraska at Omaha shows the black Nebraskans are far more likely to be arrested and placed behind bars. The Omaha World Herald reports that the black people also are significantly underrepresented underrepresented among among those receiving diversions or intervention services rather than jail time. The report found that the average number of arrests of black people in Nebraska from 2014 to 2019 amounted to 19% of all arrests, while blacks make up 5% of the state's population. The study found that at state and federal correctional facilities, black inmates were overrepresented by five times their population. You can find more news at krbn.com. Thank you very much, Ellen. It was officially announced last week that the Nebraskan Livestock Show had been canceled. I'm Shaylee Peters joining you back on the Rural Radio Network and at the State Fair Board meeting on Friday. Executive Director Bill Ogg addressed the cancellation of the Nebraskan Livestock Show set for January. Yes, it is COVID related, but it's COVID, you know, then versus economics. Um, as we discussed, I think at great length at the last meeting, um, you instructed State Fair to be proactive and supportive of this event, but at no cost to the fair. I abide by that rule or that direction. We were at the cusp of committing several hundred thousand dollars. It was time to order ribbons. It was time to hire trucks to uh, haul panels here. It was time to purchase straw and bedding and other uh, activities. Judges have already been hired but contracted with the uh, caveat of of being able to get out of that. So um, we were at the cusp of, of again having to commit significant amount of money and we meaning Gilka not not State Fair there was promise and I think genuine enthusiasm and we had several verbal commitments for significant underwriting for this event Um, the the fervor and interest of the beef cattle industry was was overwhelming all of that said, things totally out of our control. If, if this event were scheduled for today, we could not open with the restrictions. And we, we could open, yes, but we would know that it would be economically devastating because you can't have a sales ring with 25% capacity. You can't have a trade show with 25% capacity. Certainly, the uh, the Nebraskan club, the loft in the Five Points Arena, was to be a a very significant uh, revenue source for this event as the place to to be and to be seen. It would have been again economically uh, very uh, negative to to host that at twenty five percent capacity. So, without a a strong um, and binding commitment of underwriting, I, I like that word and I think it's appropriate. We needed someone or some agency to say, you know, proceed the best you can and if the rug gets pulled out from under you, you know, here's 20,000, here's 200,000 that you can use to 
to be whole. Um, there wasn't that. Uh, again, sincere and I think genuine uh, support was there, but it was hesitant on the execution of this event. There's no promise that these uh, COVID restrictions are going to be lessened come January. In fact, our information is very strong that we may be under more restrictive mandates. And again, I'm not weighing in on that politically or in any manner other than back to the economics and frankly, our responsibility to be good neighbors in the, uh, in the care and, and, you know, <clears throat> preservation of the health of our citizens and assembling people from all over the nation and, well, internationally, assembling them under these guidelines and in this environment um, from a health standpoint and certainly from an economic standpoint um, was not a viable decision. You know, we argued at great length, you know, well, let's postpone this as long as we can. Let's postpone this decision as long as we can. Well, we're, we're to that point. And so uh, yesterday, regrettably, the Nebraskan was, was canceled. He said there were major elements of making a decision on this show compared to the 2020 Nebraska State Fair that did take place. One thing that, that really separated this from the 2020 Nebraska State Fair, and again, I, I share this for information and consideration, not for uh, could we, should we have done something different. The board went into the 2020 fair saying, we want to do this, and again, I think for very worthy and honorable reasons. We want to do the fair and celebrate our Nebraska 4-H and FFA youth, and you all agreed that we could get to that point, it not happen, and we would have been $250,000 possibly worse off than, than going forward. Um, or, or, you know, by going forward, we could have no chance to recoup that amount of money. But that was that underwriting. That was the confidence that we could, you know, invest and proceed knowing that the back end was, was covered up to that amount of money. That underwriting was not available for this event. And again, I'm certainly not at all saying the fair should have done that. Um, I'm just saying it wasn't there. Um, nobody had the checkbook to, uh, to, again, to cover the potential loss. That said, the, uh, the likelihood of this event and, frankly, any public gathering of any size happening in the next few months is not, uh, not likely. You can find more information on the cancellation at ruralradio.com. I'm Shaley Peters, and you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Stocks rose in early trading today after investors received several pieces of encouraging news on the COVID front, along with vaccines and treatments that are tempering concerns over rising virus cases and business restrictions. The benchmark S&P 500 rose by 0.6%, led by technology companies that have been posting solid gains throughout 
the virus pandemic. Many companies and sectors have been beaten down by the virus, include cruise lines and banks. They were also among the winners so far this morning. The U.S. is making General Motors recall and repair nearly 6 million big pickup trucks and SUVs equipped with potentially dangerous Takata airbag inflators. The move will cost the automaker an estimated $1.2 billion. GM had petitioned the agency four times starting in 2016 to avoid the recall, contending the inflators are safe. Meanwhile, Nebraska employment lags in the key professional, scientific, and technical services sector, according to a new report from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln's Bureau of Business Research. The PSTS sector is the fastest-growing wage sector of the U.S. economy and includes information technology, commercial scientific research, as well as engineering and business consulting services. Nebraska's slower growth is partly a result of Nebraska's urban structure characterized by small and mid-sized metropolitan areas and a large non-metropolitan area, according to Eric Thompson, the director of the Bureau of Business Research. He says policies to promote employment include increasing STEM training, an improved tax and regulatory environment for small service businesses, and improvements in quality of life. On the Business Report, I'm Dave Schroeder. Soybeans hit $12 in the overnight trade. Good afternoon to you on the Rural Ready Network. I'm Bryce Duskip reporting. Corn and soybeans continue to gradually make their way higher. Earlier today, I visited with Jeff Peterson of Heartland Farm Partners about the market support we've seen in recent months. We began the conversation discussing the best way to compare how soybean supply demand compares to the past few years. And the easiest way to do it is actually take a look at the WASDE report and then dig in and get that ending stock number. And now once you get that ending stock number, divide it by your total demand and get that stocks to use. And, and that becomes a way to be able to compare apples to apples to all other years. And what we found coming out of this last WASDE report, Bryce, is that actually the stocks to use ratio is 4.2%. That is the tightest stocks to use ratio that we've had for November report going all the way back in our data set, which would go back you know, past the early 90s. So what's that mean for the markets? Where do you see things going right now? Uh, do you see demand continue to be strong there and drive the markets higher? Yeah, I really do. I think we do. We have enough demand out there. We've got uncertainty with weather coming out of South America. And as a result of that, we're just going to keep working our way higher in here. And what's interesting about this type of market, there has been supply issues that have caused us to get to this tightness, but really demand has been very, very strong, not only on the export side, but also on the crush side, on the, on the soybean side. And it's been good enough on the ethanol side and export side on the corn side. So I do think we continue to just grind this market higher. And that's kind of the action. Take a couple steps forward, take one step back, and just keep us working higher until more is known about that South American crop. What's it been on the soybeans? $3 increase from just a few months ago. Crazy ride we're on here. That's a very crazy ride. Well, let's talk about the reports coming up that you're going to be keeping a close eye on. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest way, uh, since exports are such an important part, we just want to remind ourselves on Monday mornings, the export inspections report come out. And that report, how we use that, is that we use that to be able to see what's actually getting shipped. Because we know just because of sales on the books doesn't mean it's final. So we physically need to watch those export inspections and make sure they're getting shipped. Mm -hmm. And then on Thursdays at 7.30 in the morning, then we get the export sales. Now that export sales report is a recap of what's happened 
for the past week. So that's a good way for us to see what's actually got sold. And then that next week and beyond, we can watch those export inspection reports to see what's actually getting moved. Any other factors as we're in this holiday week, Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday that you're watching closely? Yeah, we're just continuing to keep an eye on South America. One thing that's kind of surprising, we knew that uh, South America weather was going to be dictated and driven by the La Nina pattern, but we're really surprised by the dryness that's coming out of Mato Grosso. Mato Grosso, if we look at that September through November time frame, it's actually the driest they been in over 40 years. Wasn't expecting that. That's been an additional item that came in here and gave this market some direction. Put in perspective, Mato Grosso would produce over 25% of the soybeans in South America, so it's a very important producer. We do think also longer term down the road, they'll watch those extended forecasts because we're more concerned actually about southern Brazil and into Argentina as we go later in the season. I asked you about that dry area. If, it was, if we were to put that in U.S. Uh, state, that'd be all of Iowa and at least part of Illinois as well, wouldn't it be? Yeah, it really would be. So crazy things to watch there, Jeff. If people want to follow along, something like the weekly reports that you talked about, what's the best way to get some of that content from Heartland Farm Partners and yourself? Yeah, I think the easiest way, if you're on Twitter, go ahead and go to uh, Jeff Peterson 01 on Twitter or go to our website, heartlandfarmpartners.com, and you can sign up. There's a sign up button there so for some of our free daily commentary, and you can follow along with us. We report all that information as it comes out. Lots of things to watch this week. Jeff Peterson, our guest, the president of Heartland Farm Partners. From the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, this is the Rural Radio Network. Playpad on the Rural Radio Network as we talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, coming across another strong close in the grains. We flirted now with $12 in that soybean contract. Can we go ahead and actually get over that within this week? Oh, I think so. Um, you know, just the, the, the amount of weather risk is certainly going to give it a po- strong possibility. We essentially trading last week's highs in the early overnight, uh, it's really been the theme. Anytime I go back two weeks, the, the rallies are coming in the overnight sessions, which means you got foreign money getting put to work uh, on the speculative side. And then, you know, the commercials here are heavily sold into this Brazilian crop. So if they don't have it, you got some skeptical, you know, skeptical. So folks out there, as far as they will or they won't, that's what's going to drive prices. Um, I have heard some rumors that the uh, Chinese crush margins are starting to narrow to the point where they're going to give back short-term cargos, but I, I could see that just as some, some talk in the trade to maybe get some price action to the other way. Until you see meal or oil break, I don't think you're going to see the top be put in because the crush margins here in the U.S. will just expand on a break in beans. On soybeans, we know that the demand side there is fairly elastic, so rationing soybean demand is not something likely to happen. Where do we finally see what's the straw that breaks the camel's back here? Well, when we start writing down crops in Brazil, so this is, you know, we're starting, as we've increased, um, you know, the importance on this Brazilian crop, it's really put us in the hands of private forecasters. Uh, The USDA has been pretty slow to adjust Brazilian crops up or down. So, you know, we've been listening to folks like Conab, the the, uh, Rosario Grain Exchange. These are all places that are very unfamiliar to the trade. So, you know, I mean, people who have been around the business for a while know where they are, but as far as their importance goes, you know, this is three or four years in the making. It's not like the USDA reports normally that are, you know, weeks in the making, or I'm sorry, years in the making, that we've been doing this now for, you know, decades. Um, that's why we find ourselves in a little bit of a weird environment here where, you know, I, I'm i not even 
super confident on the schedule of when a lot of this will be released. So you gotta be ready. I think at this point in time, you watch forecast, it's gonna be hot and dry in certain parts of Brazil. And until we start to hear write downs, I think the, the, the rumors will keep us up here. Again, we're talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago, and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. You can always learn more by visiting their website. That's DanielsAgMarketing.com. Again, DanielsAgMarketing.com. Do remember, though, trading futures and options involve risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. So do consider these risks before investing. Highlights coming from today's trade. We started the trade off with a USDA flash sale this morning. 334,000 metric tons of corn sold to unknown destinations, as well as strong exports in the USDA export inspection. Thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up this Monday edition of Midday. You can catch the Midday podcast sponsored by Devaney Motors on any Android or iTunes device, or Apple device, I should say. You can also find it at krvn.com.